Are you a parent in business that wants to learn digital marketing the right way? So you've got an amazing business and you want to shout it from the rooftops. You want everyone to know about it and you want to generate consistent revenue. You love the idea of your business working for you whilst you are busy making memories with your family. The one thing stopping you is digital marketing. From SEO to blogging, from creating your own digital courses to creating podcasts that parents will love. My Bumped Baby has the solution. We have launched our Digital Marketing Academy and it is designed for parent-focused business owners to grow and scale their business with ease. Our academy can be accessed from anywhere on any device, which means as a busy parent in business, you can learn on the go with our bite-sized straight-to-the-point videos. Join us today by visiting the link below and have seven-day free trial on us to see if the area is right for you. Click the link under this podcast to start benefiting today and access our training right away. We look forward to seeing you in there and teaching you everything you need to know about digital marketing for parent-focused businesses. Hello, everybody, and welcome to My Bumped Babies Expert Podcast. Today, I am speaking to the lovely Chrissy Steinem from Chrissy Steinem Feng Shui. I hope I've said that right, Chrissy. Is that correct? Yes, yeah. It's, to be honest, that's probably the most difficult part of Feng Shui, really, just pronouncing it. But I pronounce it as Feng Shui. Lots of people pronounce it differently, but let's, yeah, just go with that. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Well, I am so excited to have you here today because we're going to be talking about mastering nursery design. I love this. So you're an interior designer, but you also help people with the feng shui side don't you so yeah so i'm ready to learn all about it i i've been in the interior design industry for a long long time and um i just wanted to take it to the next level so i don't necessarily do the interior design aspects much anymore i focus on how your home feels and creating really really positive environment using feng shui so i am what you might consider to be a modern day feng shui consultant um and i help you to to harness your home's full energetic potential so that it can support you in the most amazing and remarkable ways using Feng Shui to completely transform your home and just create it this create this lovely, beautiful, calm and supportive, peaceful environment for you and everybody that lives in your home. I love that. And so so for people listening to this episode, could you explain a little bit more about what Feng Shui actually is? Yeah, so um I guess feng shui is is more of a west, uh, sorry, a more of an eastern practice. It's an ancient Chinese um, practice that's been around for about four thousand years, um, and it's starting to become a bit more um, well known in like eastern cultures now. So feng shui is basically uh, it's a bit like acupuncture for your home. So it's like a holistic treatment, and it just gets rid of those like negative energy blocks. So if you think about acupuncture, or like if you go for a massage, for example, you know those really niggly knots that you get it's basically working those out so that 
your body or your home in this instance can just the energy in your in your home can just flow easily um and just create a really really positive um environment for you and your family well that's lovely i love the sound of this i mean i must be honest i don't know much about it which is probably i suppose good for this podcast but yeah so so could you explain a little bit more about how it could help families then yeah so um i suppose i was a as a, a perfect candidate a candidate for this really um i first came across feng shui um after i just had my son um we had a bit of a tricky start he wasn't a particularly well child and sleep was just like non-existent i could not get that child to sleep um so we both had a bit of a rocky start um my relationship with my husband was quite strained obviously we were in lockdown at the time so there was a lot of like pressure and tension and I just felt like I wasn't supported because um you know obviously we were in lockdown and I didn't have access to my family so there was a lot going on in our home um and often this is when people start to come across feng shui and they turn to feng shui because their life is just a little bit difficult and a bit tricky and they're not really sure how to kind of rectify it and it doesn't seem to sort of make any difference and doesn't matter how many times you clean your home you still can't get rid of that sort of feeling in your home so this is what feng shui does and it looks at what's happening energetically in your home and this is a really 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 deep sort of analysis of what is going on to really kind of get to the root of those problems and those energy blocks to release them so that you can just create this wonderful flow and And it just makes your home as positive as possible to enhance all the good things that are coming into your life. Um, Yeah, so that's kind of in a nutshell what it does. But um, it and and in my personal case, um, when I had the analysis done on our home, I had things like mental health issues coming up. um, And this all came up in the analysis. I'd never met the lady who analysed my home before. She lived on the other side of the world. So she did it all remotely. Um... And yeah, so I had mental health issues coming up. I had arguments, strained relationships and a lot of illness. And I was like, shut the front door. How can you wow. possibly know that all of this is happening? So you've been watching us. You've been watching yeah, us. It's fascinating. <laughs> fascinating. And um, so I had, the, I had the analysis done and it told me so much about, you know, it was like a mirror image of what was happening in our home. Um, so we put the, all the remedies in place. And I kid you not, within a month everything started to change. My relationships were calmer. The home just felt more at ease. My son started sleeping better. His health started improving. My mental health over the course of a year completely transformed. My husband's health has improved. It's, and, and on top of all of that, our finances have improved as well. So it can help you in so many ways. It is just a completely life transforming practice. And you can do it without anybody necessarily even knowing that you've put it into your home. So and this is this is how I like to work really, because I think from an interior design background, I'm very, very aware of people like their homes to look nice. They get pleasure from, you know, enjoying how their home looks. And because it's a quite an, a well-practiced Eastern practice, there's quite a lot of Chinese associations with trinkets and that sort of thing. Um, and 
people from a Western sort of cultures don't necessarily like to have those kind of things in their homes. So my style of practicing feng shui and implementing it into people's homes is to incorporate it in a way that works with their interior style. So it just makes it more fun. Um, they can benefit from it without necessarily, I mean, I feng shui my house and my husband had absolutely no idea that I'd done it. So, um, and you know, and one, so one of the remedies that we use is, is metal. We, there's five different elements and one of them is metal. My home needed a lot of metal in the beginning. So I was thinking, God, where am I going to get all of this metal from? Because it, it was a lot. Anyway, my husband had a, um, a gym kit in the garage, which he hadn't used for ages. So I was there heaving these like 20 kilo weights into the house, sneaking them in. Well, he was right there happily watching the cricket, hawking these, these massive weights up the stairs and hiding them everywhere. And he had no idea. But the fun I had from doing that, knowing that I was doing it in complete secret, was just hilarious. So, oh, um, yeah. yeah it's, it's good fun. That's so good. So, so what kind of, I mean, would you have to spend a lot of money to feng shui your house? Or like you said, is it a case of thinking about what you've actually got yeah, that you can use? Yeah, so... Um, I my website is going to be launching um, in early March, so I'll have the services available from then. But in a nutshell, there'll be there'll be three main services. The first one is called Plot My Home, and this basically looks at the floor plan of your home, makes sure that you've got a full energetic grid. Because where we um, we renovate and extend our homes, sometimes that can that can lead to areas in our home being missing, um, and those different areas can have an impact on our lives. So, for example, in my home, my I had two areas that were missing in my home. One was my wealth area, and the other area was uh, my family and community area which is all to do with support so that was like a light bulb moment for me straight away well obviously this is why I'm feeling like our finances are struggling and I have no support so that kind of is sort of the introductory level to feng shui and it helps you start to get to understand the nine different areas and what they represent in your life and where they are in your home so that every Every area is different to each person's individual home, um, which I also love. It's not a one size fits all kind of thing. It's much more personal to you and to your home. So I love that. So that's the first um, the first service, the Plot My Home service, and that's about £49. And then the second um, analysis, which is the second service, that is a much more in-depth service. And that's where we really start to delve quite deeply into what's happening in your home to really uncover any sort of energy blocks that might need to be released and that sort of thing so those are the two sort of services that I'll be offering but and that one is about 495 um and then with in terms of the remedies again we use the five different elements so earth fire um, metal water and wood um and a lot of these can be reused from things that you've already got in home. Um, so, for example, with fire, that is something that is that element can be represented by colour. So, for example, if you've got a red throw or you've got a red candle or you've got a red you know, reed diffuser, all of those kind of things can be used as that remedy. But they just need to be put in the right place. So once you've had an analysis done, you'll know exactly where they need to be. And these are the sort of like acupuncture sort of pinpoint that we specify in the report so that you know exactly where to put them to release those energy energy blocks so that all of that really positive lovely energy can flow and just support you in every area of your life so those are the, the main services that I'll be offering um, I also do, will do like a one-to-one service as well but um, that's kind of a bit more of an on a on a tailored basis 
<clears throat> of course, of course. So it's not a case of, right, you know, we need this. We've got to go and buy a load of things. So you can actually have, like right. you did, have a bit of fun with it and use things that you've already Absolutely. got. And, you know, and there's loads oh, that of, sounds so fun. And there's loads of things that you can do without necessarily... Um, even going for for one of those services. So, for example, my um, I'm going to have a free download on our, on my website, which will be the nine areas, and it will just give you some, a few tips of sort of daily practices that you can do, um, just to kind of help you get into that sort of rhythm of, of practicing feng shui. It's a holistic practice, and it's kind of something that you can kind of do on a daily basis. So, for example, for me. When I come downstairs in the morning, the first thing I do is open the back door because all of the negative energy, we believe in Feng Shui, goes out through the back door. So if you open your back door for like a few minutes every day, you're just letting that that negative energy off. It's a little bit like a pressure cooker and you're just lifting the lid off and just letting that all go. So, for example... There's been many times where my son's had a particularly bad night's sleep and I'm a bit of a zombie walking down the stairs. So the first thing I do, let that energy out. Go, 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 go. Yeah. Um, and that just sort of just wow. takes the pressure off. So that's one of the first things you could do. But on my Instagram, I've got loads and loads of different tips that you can do for free um, that you can start to do just to start, like, implementing those in your home. Um, so, yeah, and... Um, I think we're going to talk about uh, nurseries in a moment. But, we are. Um, I, I, know. I, could, <laughs> I could talk to you all day. Yeah, so today, obviously, uh, an area for a lot of our listeners is the nursery. Because whether you're expecting or you've got a little one that will be going into their own room, um, you know, the nursery is something that you do want this calm space, this uh, lovely space. So what are your kind of tips on that? And uh, what what would you say to parents to make sure that that is an energetic kind of calm space for your little one? Uh, do you know what? I've been so excited to talk about this because this is like my two favourite babies married together. It's wonderful. So um, you're right in that a nursery is an area that you want you want this to be their sanctuary you want it to be a space where they they go to be calm and to relax and to unwind so the first thing that i would say you to do is to start to become aware of what is going on in that in in that room so what do they do? What are the activities that happen within that space? So they're sleeping, they're getting dressed, often they're having their nappies changed. Um, so, you know, there's a nappy bin in there, which isn't great, but sometimes that's, you know, that's not avoidable. That's what we had in our nursery. And it's just, you know, it's got to be practical, hasn't it? Um, so you're going to have the, the laundry baskets as well. And they may also do some playing there. So there's quite a lot of different activities that are happening there. So I would say... Um, just to start to become aware of what is happening in that space from a sensory aspect. So, you know, babies are very, very sensitive to stimulation and it doesn't take very much to like attract their attention. And, you know, their their minds, their brains are developing at an extraordinary rate at that age. So between naught and five, they are literally growing and growing and growing and growing. They are quite phenomenal really um but it's difficult for them to switch off so they can very easily become overstimulated so i would say the first thing to do would be to declutter so and and get organized as well so if you've got lots of stuff going on um 
that is just going to create lots of visual noise, if you like. So it's lots of different things to look at. And, and that's not necessarily something that you want in that space. And it just means that the when the good energy comes into that space, you want it to stay there. And if there's lots of clutter lingering around, that just absorbs the good energy and it doesn't let it flow to all the areas that you want it to want it to do. So the other thing would be to make sure that you've got plenty of storage as well. So I, you know, whether you're talking interior design or whether you're talking feng shui, storage is your friend um, so you want to make sure you've got storage for clothes storage for laundry um, storage for your changing area as well so like you know like a nappy caddy where you've got like you know your creams and your ointments and the wipes and all that kind of stuff just to keep that nice and tidy and also somewhere to keep toys so with the toys I would also suggest going for toys that are less stimulative so toys that are not noisy toys that are maybe the calmer colours. Um, wooden toys are quite good for that sort of thing because uh, they're quite grounding. And make sure that you've got somewhere to store them, so like a, a little toy box. And make sure it's got a lid on as well because that that toy energy is a very, very sort of excitable um energy. So you, you don't necessarily want that coming out into the into that nursery because that might it might not help with with sleep um so that would be those um with nappy bins and laundry baskets i would always make sure that they have lids if they've got a lid then you're containing that negative energy so if you think about it you know when they're when you're changing their nappies all of that waste energy that we we don't want to keep is potentially going to be circulating around that home so as bolt and braces what you could do is i think we had one of those little um Tommy Tippy ones that they you twist and they lock they're really good but also um as a bolt and braces you could pop that in um maybe like a laundry basket with a lid as well and also it just makes it a little bit more aesthetic as well I mean nappy bins aren't exactly the most attractive things are they so um, that's another thing you can do. Um, with the bed, um, I would always make sure you go for a strong headboard because that just creates that feeling of um, stability and security for, for your baby. Um, and if you can, go go for cots that have got like curved edges as well because that just it just creates that sort of softer, calmer sort of flow and it just creates a really nice sort of smoothness um, around the space. Um, and also cot beds tend to last a bit longer as well. So rather than going for a cot, um, a cot bed is slightly bigger. So they do tend to last a little bit big, bit a bit longer. Um, and then they obviously have a dual purpose as well. So there's, you know, potentially a bit of money can be saved on that. Um, yeah, I've got one of those actually. With my son, I didn't. And it was a big thing where I thought I should have done that. Um, because you think that that three years or however long they're in the bed um, will be, you know, it will take ages to get to that. But my little one now, she's nearly two. I mean, I, I wouldn't put her in it yet because she just would not sleep if given the choice. But soon she will be going into yeah. that. And I'm so glad I invested in that yeah. now. Because you want to save money. Where they are expensive little things, these they children. Are. And they, they yeah. always need more things than you anticipate on as well. Or all the things that you mm. thought they might need, they don't need. Or, yeah, it's yeah you can you can waste a lot of money. I certainly did when we had our son. Because you're clueless as well, don't you? When it's your first, you're, you're learning as you go. So, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, another thing you could... So, carry oh, on. Yes, I sorry. love all this. I'm loving all these tips. Give me your good <laughs> So, tell, tell me if it's No, I love it. Um, 
Yeah, so another thing you can do is to put the bed in the command, what's called the command position. So this means that um, you're you're basically giving the cot the widest view of the room that you can. So in theory, it means that um, that leads to avoiding uncertainty because they can see what's coming into the room. You're not going to get those like surprises and stuff. And it just helps to cause, uh, so it just helps to... Um, create a sense of calm and stability and just avoid it helps to avoid sleep disruption um, and just helps to avoid um, stress and feeling up tight and tense but sometimes you can't always avoid this um, for example in my son's bedroom initially we had the cot in the center of the center of the room but actually I felt that um this he needed a bit more support so I've actually moved it to the corner of the room now so he's got a solid wall behind him at the head of the bed but also on the side of the bed and he sleeps much better for that so that's another thing you can do and he still he still has a good view of of the door um wavy pattern that's me moving at Olivia's <laughs> bed this afternoon she does not sleep that girl honestly in the night the tiniest creak you know when you see these memes and like it's like they don't wake up when you when you want them to wake yeah. up. But the tiniest creep, she's like, "Mummy," <laughs> I'm just like, "No, no, please no. go back to sleep." So. I think I'm going to have to move that. Yeah, it's worth, it's Thank worth you. a try. Um, the next mm. thing is colours and patterns. So this is this is quite a fun thing to do because, again, it kind of plays into the interior design aspects of it. Um, but what we tend to do, so when they're babies, we tend to opt for those lovely, calm, neutral kind of colours. But then when they sort of hit, like, two or three, they start getting into things like Peppa Pig or Paw Patrol or Spider-Man, all these kind of, like, you know, and in comes all of these really really bright like in your face colors um which is fine for a playroom where you want it to have that really lovely energetic fun energy but in the bedroom we want it to stay calm and peaceful so if you've got um if their bedding is lots of different bright colors then i would suggest thinking about how would you sleep if your bed linen was that sort of colour, would you find it off-putting or and a distraction, or would you feel calm and relaxed, you know, sleeping in that? For me, I would find that quite like a bit full on. So I would recommend staying away from fiery colours, especially and busy patterns. So if you're going to have a pattern sort of um duvet for example i'd what i'd opt for more subtle patterns waves are meant to be quite good for helping with with sleep um i think there's something quite relaxing about water isn't there so um that's meant to be quite helpful for that and and again go for sort of neutral shades and pastels um greens are also really lovely in a bedroom as well um especially if you've got those really sort of like um muted tones um you can get some really lovely shades of green and they're very calming as well. So, um, <clears throat> which leads me on to paint. So this is probably something that is quite overlooked really, because you can buy paint down at the, you know, the local DIY store for a relatively, you know, inexpensive price. The only thing I would say to that is, um, the, what's called the volatile organic compounds. So the solvents and the chemicals that are contained in that paint, can be quite high so if you can I would really recommend investing in water-based paints because there's less odors um they're more eco-friendly um and they're they're often made from like natural materials the the VOC rate um so the volatile 
organic compounds is much, much lower. So they are so much better for you, especially in a nursery, you know, where our, our babies are exposed to all those all those chemicals and things. You know, you know that horrible feeling when you've just you've just painted and that just that smell is so strong, it's so potent, and you literally leave your windows open for like three months just to get rid of the smell. You don't get you don't get that so much with water based paints, um, and uh, so little green I think it is they are um, they have a a certified child safe paint as well. So for for a bedroom a child's bedroom I would really really recommend if you can investing in that um, because the quality is superb the coverage is fantastic and it's so much better for you um, from an environmental aspect but also from a health aspect as well. So. Those would be my go-to tips for a nursery. I love those. <laughs> and can I ask a question? With um, some people opt for feeding equipment in the bedroom because they don't want to do those night feeds. What would you say to that? Would you say I encourage that or not? It's always a bit it's of a, a tricky one because. I think in those early days, especially when they're newborns, those those days are hard. They're really, really hard. So I think there has to be an element of balance. You know, it has to work for you from a practical point of view. Um, I think if you can set up um, an area where you feel comfortable, so have a nice chair, have somewhere where you can put your feet up, you know, have a little stool next to you where you can have a, you know, a nice, a nice drink, a glass of water or something, because you're probably not going to want a cup of tea in like three o'clock in the morning, are you? Um, but just, just try and make that experience as enjoyable for you as possible because at the same time that's a really special time to be bonding with your baby and it is a difficult time you know and I I remember those times only too well but before you know it they're you know they're three four five 17 years old and they're not little babies anymore so although it's a really really difficult time and I know you're sleep deprived (laughs) and that can do strange things to you but try and incorporate it as part of your self-care to yourself. So, like I said, if you've got a nice, comfortable chair there, you've got somewhere to put your feet up, you've got a nice cushion, just try and make it feel as luxurious for yourself so that you can enjoy that experience as much as possible. And if it means that that's got to be in the nursery for convenience reasons, then that's fine. That's OK, because, you know, it's not going to be forever um so I would really urge you to just try and embrace that moment and make it as easy on yourself as you possibly can oh that's brilliant and another one I personally want to ask plants plants throughout the house right I I know you might frown upon this but I am a range gal and I don't trust myself watering plants I can you know so I have a lot of artificial you know false plants around that's the word that's the word is that terrible or not it's not not good um but I I will be 100% honest with you before I found feng shui I could open a shop of artificial plants I loved them every single room had at least one two or maybe even ten I was they were everywhere (laughs) um (laughs) but the only thing that I will say, and I never really noticed this before, um, and the lady who feng shui my house, she was she she was even more anti-artificial plants than probably most feng shui consultants. But she was like, seriously, just just humour me and just take them away, put them in the garage, and see 
if you notice a difference with how your home feels. And I was thinking, oh, this is a load of rubbish. How can, how can, how can this possibly make a difference? But I'll be damned. My God, it really did. So you know that feeling when you take down all of your Christmas decorations, that sense of just freedom, space. Yeah. And also I noticed that the smell in the air was different it smelled less plasticky and I was like oh my goodness like seriously I hadn't even noticed this this fragrance that the plastic had been giving off um and then a few months later um because I started to notice the difference around my home I thought do you know what I've, I've decided that I'm not going to keep these so I'm going to find new loving homes for them because I still loved them and I still thought they were beautiful yeah. and you know I couldn't bear for them to just be like you know, I wanted somebody else to enjoy them. So I, I did find them for like mm. little people, aren't they? My little, my little family of oh, artificial no. flowers. Um, <laughs> and some of them yeah, I know how you feel. I, I'm, I'm laughing because I'm surrounded by <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, five <laughs> artificial, all hanging. Oh, six. Here's another. <laughs> so yeah, I am a sucker for those. Yeah. I really so am. So I would say if you can try and maybe just start with one or two plants and just see how you go and I I am not somebody that's particularly good at watering plants I will fully admit that so what I did was kind of I sort of thought about how my lifestyle is so I don't have a huge amount of time I'm a mum I'm you know starting a business um and you know watering flowers can be a bit of a faff can't it really so what I tried to do was find a plant that was low maintenance, um, didn't need a huge amount of watering, um, and it would be okay in the different environments that I put it. So my house faces uh, north. So in one area of our home, I needed a plant that would be okay in a sort of relatively dark area. And peace lilies are great for this. I water it once a week, um, you know, and it's fine. It's absolutely fine. So what I tend to do is I just do once a week and I water all of my plants and that's it, job done. Um, you know, I don't I don't faff around watering them every day because I haven't got time to do that. But at the same time, you know, I also want a plant to just, you know, it does make a huge difference to your home. And when you bring a plant into your home, that instantly boosts the good energy. It's a source of life. It's a source of um, growth as well. They represent growth. And also they have a lovely grounding quality as well. So if you've got an office, for example, this is a great space to have um, plants because they help to purify the air as well. So it's great for concentration. Um, and again, you know, with, with um, Feng Shui, we we work with our intentions really, really heavily. So if you're wanting to grow a business, having a plant in your office is just affirming that that is your intention. This is what you want to achieve. Um, and you can go a step further. So for example, and this is where you start to look at like the different areas of your home. So in your wealth area, you might want to have a money plant. Um, you know, and like um, in your in your dining room, for example, sometimes this can be an area where you get a lot of arguments. Um, so a plant in that area can help to kind of diffuse those kind of things as well. So plants are really, really powerful. Um, but yeah, go for low maintenance. If you if you have a lot of artificial flowers in your home, go for low maintenance plants all the way. 
now I feel like I'm blooming. I've invested all this money in all of these. No, I mean, could I shift all of those to the very back of the house to a room that we don't really use and then start? I did it on a gradual basis. I didn't take them all away straight away because for me that was just like, no, I can't bear to get rid of them. It's just I'm not ready. I'm just thinking of all the money I've spent. are really expensive I had some I had some beautiful ones from Neptune and you know Neptune is is it's a beautiful place but it's not the most um it's not the cheapest of places is it so getting rid of those was was a bit of a that that hurt a little bit to be honest um so what I did was I just gradually started to thin them out a little bit um and then once I thinned them down a little bit I then I would sort of I looked at the the nine different areas of my home and I was like right okay well I'm just going to have one in each area and then I gradually reduced it down again until it got to the point where I had one artificial plant on one floor and one on like the top floor and I'll be really honest I still have one in my house now um but I justify that by it brings me a huge amount of joy and it's really easy to keep clean because the reason that artificial flowers and artificial plants are considered to not be great feng shui is because they collect dust, they collect dead energy and they've never been alive. So they don't bring anything to um, to your home. Um, and then while they're collecting all of this dead dust and dead energy, they are then creating little pockets of negative energy so they're creating energy blocks so just start by thinning them down and seeing how you feel and just do it on a gradual basis because yeah for me again the money aspect was a was a big one you know and and some of these these artificial flowers that I had I'd accumulated over a long period of time and some of them had quite sort of special you know special uh, memories associated to them um so I mean some of them I used for you know styling our wedding for example so I didn't necessarily want to get rid of those um you know certainly not straight away anyway so I think you've just got to be kind to yourself if you really really love them just do it gradually and do the ones that you're less connected to first so save your favorite ones until the like until the end but also like if they like I said I still have my ultimate favorite one and it's a lovely orchid it's like a multi-stemmed orchid so it's really easy to wipe clean I think I've got one in my bathroom actually and they're beautiful um in, in actual fact, the bathroom—if you're gonna—if you're gonna keep one—I would say the bathroom is probably quite a good place to have it, simply because the bathroom areas are considered—they're um, considered the waste area, which doesn't sound particularly attractive. Oh. But, but basically, it's an area where there's like a like, like a vacuum of energy. So when you it's, it's the place where the energy is, the negative energy is washed away, it's drawn away from the house. It's, it's a deliberate intention to remove that energy. So because they collect negative energy, it's not a bad place to put them because it's going to be taking that away, which is good. Um, so, yeah, I would say ideally opt for, opt for a real plant. Um, but if you're going to have one, that that's probably probably a good place. Um, and also keep your toilet seats down because that just prevents any excess energy from leaving your home, which obviously we don't want. We want to keep all of that good, lovely energy inside your home. 
Oh, I love that. Oh my goodness, Chrissy, that has been amazing. Oh. I love it. So what what we'll do is once your website goes live, um, we will pop your link underneath this podcast as amazing. well and what you mentioned. And then you can just, and then anyone can just connect with Chrissy that way. Chrissy, I love that. Oh, thank you so I've much for that. having thank me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I have loved, loved talking about this. It's like I said, it's, it's literally my favourite two subjects and like being able to sort of just help people um and obviously just make help people make their lives easier for them without necessarily spending a penny and just it's all about just looking at your home through a different lens um and sort of starting to understand the things that we probably see every day but you don't really take much notice it's almost like you go like you know if you're if you live next to like a motorway or a train track or something like that you go you go sound blind don't you You go noise blind Mm. and I think when you when you see everything in your home on a daily basis, you don't necessarily um, connect with, you know, the hidden meanings or the or the, the associations that that could be like the messages that you're sending out. <clears throat> yeah, I love that. Thank you so much. So Chrissy's links are underneath this uh, podcast once her website goes live. And thank you so much. I'd love to have you on again. Oh, I'd love to come on thank again. You. Thank you so much. Wondering what's on in your local area? Come and join our weekly newsletter where we share the classes and groups that are on in your local area. From pregnancy to preschool, we have you covered. Click the link below this podcast to receive your newsletter each week, every Sunday, so you know what's on and you can plan your week ahead.